This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Hi, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, joined here today by my friend Josh Reed, all the way from Alaska. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing great, Ken. How are you doing? Life couldn't be better in a lot of ways, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, we've got some serious problems for the Ravens this week with a combination of COVID outages with Humphrey for certain, uh, six other players still waiting to see if they can get back and play on Sunday. In addition to that, the the injury um, uh, injuries that have occurred on the offensive line in particular, uh, other injuries at cornerback that have happened all through the season have left the, the Ravens a little shorthanded. Uh, and you just wrote a piece about that. Uh, actually, yeah, I wrote a couple pieces um, during the bye week specifically. Unfortunately, um, it was before the, uh, the trade deadline. I talked about moves the Ravens should and could make uh, during the bye week. Uh, among those were signing a slot corner. I really wish they would have did a, a slot signing or trading for a slot corner. I really wish they would have did that beforehand so it would have been available for this game. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, Other things I wrote about was about the uh, signing or trading for um, 
a third string tight end, you know, just fill that Hayden Hurst role. Obviously, trading's off the table, but I did write a couple pieces about some potential uh, veteran free agents that they could target for a Maryland sports blog. Okay, so uh, slot corner I've been touting as the Ravens' biggest need lately, so I still really believe it is. The Ravens are so thin, they really can't even field a proper dime defense right now. Uh, They're also short of safety on the back end. They only have apparently two guys that they're willing to play at safety. Levine, for whatever reason, is not. they're not willing to play him there. They'd rather play Chris Board as kind of a proxy safety for the, for the third guy. You know, they have Nigel Warrior and they have Geno Stone, both on the practice squad. Neither of them have been elevated even to make use of the free elevations that are available. Yeah, that was a little perplexing to me. Um, I understand the Geno Stone thing. You still think the guy was ready. You want to have him some more time to develop. But the Nigel Warrior thing really kind of, Kind of threw me for threw me for a loop just because all the reports coming in the training camp was was that the guy was out there making plays and I was listening to the defensive notes podcast that you put out earlier this week and um, I think with Aaron Kansas was saying how like you know sometimes yeah he'll make some plays but then he'll be out of position at times and you kind of don't want that liability up on the active roster so. Um, I understand that, but that's why I've been banging the table for bringing in a veteran. That's why I wrote a piece earlier this year about how a reunion with Brandon Carr makes too much sense. Yeah, I think it really does make sense now in terms of all the ways it can help. Right now, the Ravens are using Jimmy Smith as the versatile guy that can move between corner and safety. And my problem with all all of that is depending on over-dependence on Jimmy Smith is dangerous. That you know He's proven time after time that, he, that he's a, a big injury risk. And I just I don't think you want to have him be the be the front. He's outstanding when he's on the field. He's been great at cornerback. He's been passable at safety. He's been you know a guy who certainly helped the team I think back there. But I think having Brandon Carr being able to do both roles would also be very very useful right now. Yeah, and then the fact that Brandon Carr has experience doing both roles, doing that dual role like he did last year for the Ravens. Like I said in my piece, like weeks ago, even before the the Marlon Humphrey thing had happened with the COVID and um, before some of the other injuries that happened to Anthony Avery, that it just makes too much sense not to happen. I mean, the guy who's familiar with the system, familiar with the, with, like I said, with the guys, you know, so it won't take him long to gel with this team because he pretty much knows everybody on the team. He knows Wink's defense, and like I said, it'd be a seamless transition, I feel like, and it makes too much sense not to happen. Right, I, I agree. And if you look at where the Ravens have fallen down in terms of that slot corner coverage, it's on short routes. So short routes where zone coverage understanding, under understanding of responsibilities coming out of a bunch formation, you know, how you aggressively attack a slant, you know, all the things that don't take long speed, which Brandon Carr probably doesn't have at this point in his career, uh, you know, that don't take uh, you know, anything but some some savvy press ability at the line of scrimmage and just an understanding of where he's supposed to go from that point. Uh, I think, you know, Anthony Levine in 2018 certainly wasn't the fastest guy on the field, but he had the best year ever by a dime safety because he understood what his responsibilities were and really impact the throwing lane. Yeah, I also think like where a guy like Brandon Carr would be excellent. Like just going back to the Steelers game, like you know, like like you guys mentioned in your in your defensive notes podcast, there are a few third and shorts there where you're like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, if a guy was just had just that that little better instinct, you know, like that kind of awareness, to like oh, let me go ahead and press a little harder there, or like hey, like I was screaming at the TV, like hey, they're gonna run a they're gonna run a screen to Juju, they're gonna run a screen to Juju, and they're gonna always try to do these little these little rub routes and little like kind of like Patriots esque kind of little you know all, like non-offensive pass interference things to get the get the ball in the receiver's hands pretty quickly. Now, I'm like, if a guy like Brandon Carr was there, more so than like a Terrell Bonds or even somebody else who's a little less inexperienced, I feel like he might have sniffed that out. 
or just you could use him in those situations going forward just because he has that veteran savvy. Yeah, Bond's certainly uh, better speed than Carr, and he may be quicker to react. He's, he may have better skates at this point in, in terms of making his first movement. But Bond certainly was not the big body they needed to get off of some of those rubs and you know and disaffect what was going on there anyway. It was frustrating to watch. But uh, let's hear who you have in mind, though. Besides Brandon Carr, who else would be a decent slot corner opportunity? Um, another guy, former first-round pick of the New, uh, New York Giants, uh, Eli Apple. He's, he's been released by a couple of teams, most recently the Panthers. Um, like I said, he's bounced around, but like I said, he's still a starting caliber slot corner. I wouldn't trust him on the outside ever. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I I feel like he's a guy that could be real serviceable, at least in the slot. Like I said, um, there's the, the way that the way that Wink Martindale kind of rolls out his defense. He can really put guys in the position to succeed to the best of their abilities, not necessarily to always um, fit the scheme. Like, okay, this guy may not be the perfect scheme fit, but let's maximize what he can do well. And I feel like a guy like Eli Apple, like I said, as long as he's not covering somebody deep downfield uh, on the perimeter, he, he'll, he'll, be a, he'll be a nice addition. Okay, see, he's, to me, he's kind of, he's awfully big for, for a slot corner. He's 6'1", 203. And I would, I would have trouble believing he's going to be able to adapt to that position. As far as I know, he's always played outside in his pro career, right? Um, yeah, I, I believe when he was with the Saints, they had him uh, maybe just because they had a match and um over some bigger receivers in the slot that that was that was the reason. But I do remember them seeing him seeing him in the slot a couple of times with um when he was with the Saints. Um, they, they've been rotating through former giant corners like crazy. They got Jack Rabbit <laughs> Jenkins there right now too. So maybe they were just using him wrong. But um, that's just one of the top guys I saw available on the free agent market. Um, another guy um who who I thought the Ravens are bringing in for a visit would be Tremont Williams. A little long in the tooth for my taste. But like I said, um, I did mention in my pieces earlier that they uh, it behoove Eric DaCosta to find somebody with some starting experience. And there's nobody has more starting experience on the market right now than Tremont Williams. <laughs> All right, and uh, how much has Williams played on the inside in his career? Um, they, he's he's been moved around a lot. Um, you know, from his time with Green Bay to, to when he was with Cleveland. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much time he spent inside, but I know he has experience of pretty much everywhere on the secondary, including at safety. All right. Um, okay. Well, then uh, uh, he's 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 in that medium height range, that five eleven range. My recollection is he's played mostly outside, but that doesn't mean he couldn't play slot. And also, it's not like the the Ravens are in a position to be choosers at this point. They got to be they're beggars, and they really need to find a guy who who can play somewhere effectively, whether it's on the boundary, and then hope it works out in the slot, maybe. But uh, and may, maybe that even means one of Bonds or Dorsey is your slot corner. But they're short an outside corner now too at this point with Humphrey gone this week. Yeah, that's why I actually um I had a few uh, practice squad poaching possibilities, and one of them was was jo- bringing back Josh Nurse. I know he he's one of your one of your favorite you know, aircraft carrier guys that you've mentioned yes. in the preseason. I know he, he wouldn't help us out at slot at, at slot corner, but you know, just having the extra insurance at um at outside corner, and if that guy's familiar with the system, spent training camp with with the Ravens. I mean, you know, like, but he in order for them to do that, they'd have to bring him sign them to their active roster from Jacksonville's practice squad. So I'm not sure if they will want to do that for a guy who hasn't been in the building since August. Yeah, I, I'm, it wouldn't be a terrible idea. I mean, it would, at, uh, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world in terms of the length of the commitment and the, and the Ravens are at a point in the season where they're starting to build up some bodies that are not 
able to go right now. And, you know, even in the case of Colon Castillo, they brought a guy onto the roster to try and protect him, even though they inact- deactivated him, which is was really odd to me at the time, but they had the room to do it. So, uh, so they decided, I guess they could. All right, uh, let's, let's move on from slot corner. So there's a few options, a few names. Sounds like we're getting a few outside corner names in there, which is fine. But, uh, but you know, Brandon Carr still being a slot corner seems to be a reasonable choice. What other positions do you want the Ravens to look at right now in terms of available guys? Um, uh, mostly uh, offensive tackle and, like, the, the third-string tight end. We, we covered those guys kind of acknowledging when I was on your podcast before. You know, guys like uh, Delaney Walker, Charles Clay, Ed Dixon, and then maybe some practice squad poaching. But uh, mostly at uh, at uh, at offensive tackle right now, just because now that Fluker's the starting right tackle, and they've to, up to this point in the season, I don't even think Will Holden has been active for our game. So I'm not no, sure. No, he hasn't. Yeah, I'm not sure if they want to really put put their put their eggs in that basket. So I think they might really want to target one of these um, free agent tackles that are on the market right now. Right. A lot, a lot of teams have given Will Holden a shot, and it hasn't worked out. Uh, it, it's interesting. The Ravens are in dire need right now. We kind of projected that this might happen in a COVID year is that, you know, linemen were going to be in scarce supply and we're going to be digging pretty far down the, the street depth. And, you know, it's November and they're lucky. They've had this guy on the roster since September. They haven't had him poached yet. They have protected him a couple of times, but it, I think unless they make a move in the next, you know, day, they're probably going to end up with Will Holden on the active roster here. Yeah, that's that's what it's shaping up to be. Um, like I said, it, it should say something that the in the weeks they haven't protected him, that he still hasn't been poached. That that should tell you what the rest of the league thinks mm-hmm. about this guy. So, and even even so, they I mean the they go unprotected for a day between the end of the game and on Tuesday when you reprotect players. So even the protected guys have a chance to be poached if they're consistently. Taken or protected every week, so you don't have a you don't have a you haven't locked the player down for multiple weeks just because you protect him. You just lock him down for that week. In any case, that's uh, I think you know you mentioned a couple of older guys who are still sticking around: Cordy Glenn, yep. Kyle Long. Yep, yeah, those two guys would be the most experienced guys. Um, I know at this point in their careers, I think they'd be more uh, acceptable to a, to a swing tackle role just because they know the nature of the business and that you're really a play away from being inserted into the starting lineup. So I think at this time of the year, the guys who've been holding out for possible starting jobs might be a little bit more reluctant to sign for, you know, to be a swing tackle somewhere just so they, just because they know that, you know, they have that insurance that like, okay, I'll be on somebody's roster in the event that, Either A, somebody gets hurt like Ronnie Stanley did on this past Sunday, or B, somebody catches COVID like, um, or gets put on the COVID list like Trent Williams was for the 49ers this past, um, uh, past Thursday. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you, you can, it doesn't even have to be an injury. It's, it, can be an, it can be an illness, and it doesn't even have to be an illness. It can be you got too close to a guy who was sick. So it's an it's a even more knife edge of an uh, opportunity for a lot of these guys who are who are on the fringe of rosters right now. It'd be interesting to see what a player like... Uh... Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery scratcher, Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. 
At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Cordy Glenn, for instance, what are we willing to sign for? He was brought in, I think, to Cincinnati last year as the savior for their offensive line, and they paid him some money, and it didn't work out. Yeah, I think they tried like a first round pick to acquire him from Buffalo, but from Buffalo, and then like I said, he was just. I mean, the whole offensive line was 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 garbage last year, but him especially, you'd think he'd be the one. I guess decent. Yeah, decent piece of that line, and next that it was a collective, collective uh, just collapse from the entire offensive all year long. All right, let's go back to tight end for a second because that's a position where a lot of people are saying the Ravens' mojo is gone in part because of the missing um, threat of having a third receiving tight end on the field. And I'm counting Boyle in that group, but I, I'm not counting Ricard in that group. And they've so far they've they've done the impossible and basically gone the whole season with having only two tight ends plus Ricard active for each game. Yeah, like I said, they've done it, and but like like I said, it's been almost to their detriment. You know, when like even Dan Orlowski, I'd seen him on Twitter earlier this week, pointed out that you know all the, all the Ravens fans clamoring for uh, the Ravens to add another receiver or another receiver isn't what they need. They're really missing you know Hayden Hurst, that third tight end. And as much as I love J.K. Dobbins, and even more so after this big game he had against Pittsburgh, um, you really kind of like man, if only they could have traded something else for for you know somebody else to get that second round pick, not Hayden Hurst, because like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty, and the really missing that uh, that that presence as both as a receiver and as a second level blocker um in at the third tight end spot. Yeah, so he was one of the players I was promoting the Ravens to reacquire at the trade deadline because I thought that uh the cost should not be that much Atlanta, you know, in the in the position they're in might trade him again for a 4 or a 5, probably a 4 would be my guess right now. You know, Atlanta now is going to be in a position next year where they have to rebuild. So they're probably not going to be in a position where they can sign Hurst to a big deal, and it's just not the it's not he's not at the proper cycle they want for a player they're starting out. As much as he's you know got a couple of years left on his first contract, he's he's not exactly where the where is ideal for the Falcons. And maybe the Ravens could make the deal a little sweeter by not picking up his fifth year option and having that be part of the agreement of him coming back, uh, and and get him back for a little bit less from the Falcons, or they could have. On that that time has passed but I didn't really buy any of the stuff that people were saying that that Hurst would not want to come back to the Ravens when he's on a one and six Falcons team yeah no like they say winning usually cures all balls and if a guy can come back to a position to a place in a position where he's had you know some moderate amount of success I think he'd be open to that and said being five and two is way better than being two and six so there you go there you go okay well then some of the do you have any guys on the practice squad that you like anywhere else? Uh, any street talent that's still out there at tight end, or is it all some of the older guys uh, that you're primarily on right now? Um, two guys that I jotted down that were a potential practice squad poaching would be a guy like Seth DeValve, who's with the 
uh, Panthers right now. Um, the Ravens haven't never had him on their roster, but like they're familiar with him from his time in Cleveland. They've seen right. this guy. They've seen this guy on the field a lot. He's with. He he could be poached off of the Carolina Panthers practice squad. A guy like uh, Jeff Kroom from Philadelphia. Um, like I said he just caught a touchdown on the Ravens on a blown coverage. I believe that was the, the week six game. It was, and that was number eighty one for the Eagles. If uh, people weren't familiar with that, that was the one that Carson Wentz hit. Um, I think it was wide open in the right corner of the end zone. And then um, uh, a couple other guys like the Caleb Wilson also on the Eagles, and then Hakeem Butler on the Eagles. Like the Eagles have a lot of uh, tight ends uh, or tight end types that the Ravens could possibly be poached. And you know those two those two franchises are pretty familiar with one another. Um, but like there's not really too much out there outside of like I said the guys we've mentioned at Ignazian before and Delaney Walker, Charles Clay, and Ed Dixon. You know the former Raven, but um, it's real okay. slim pickings out there. The, the guy I like that you, you named was DeValve. And in a lot of ways, he matches, I think, what the Ravens would want in a tight end. He's got some quickness, but certainly not speed. He's not definitely not going to be an inline blocker. He's 6'3", 245, smallish for a tight end. But he's been a pretty dependable receiver. He's caught a little bit lower than you like a tight end at 63.2% of his passes. But he's had a good yards per target for his career at 7.7. So he's the kind of guy I think that probably would fit into the Ravens, you know, play action schemes as the third guy. He could do some of that level two and level three blocking that the Ravens look their tight, for their tight ends to, to do in some significant degree. It's not a bad idea. He's actually has a fair amount of total NFL playing time. He's played in 53 games with 60 receptions and 33 being as high in 2017 with Cleveland. I think there's, there, there. Uh, I hear a lot of players proposed, and DeValve sounds like one of the most reasonable fringe options that there would be out there. Yeah, and that's why I, I mentioned him first and foremost when I was talking about the practice squad poaching, is because like I know the Ravens are familiar with him; they know what that guy's capable of. I think he caught quite a few. I think I want to say quite a few. He caught a few seam balls on the Ravens when he played with the Browns. Like I said, he could be a nice little, uh, you know, like the, the, he's a really underrated receiver for a guy who's kind of been around the, been around the league for a little bit. And um, I think he'd be a, a decent addition, especially the third tight end spot. You really don't need a whole like. The third tight end spot for the Ravens is it's not a glamorous position, but it's an essential position to mm-hmm. where like it, it really kind of helps that offense be multidimensional and run some of that thirteen personnel that they that they that was really their bread and butter last year made their passing game and running game so unpredictable. Yeah, secret sauce. It's definitely was a, a what I heard it called a lot. And I think that's a fair fair thing. And if you run out of the pistol and you run out of that diamond formation in the backfield, which has essentially usually Ricard on one side and another tight end on the other, it was Hurst last year a lot, then that it's, it's really an option for that player to not necessarily block at level one because he usually releases either for a play action pass or for an opportunity to make a block in level two or level three. So the blocking responsibilities, the point I'm making, are not that great for this for this guy. So it's okay if you're looking. You know, always what 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 I was intrigued by. Bill James would say, "What marginal qualities can I live with given the ballpark we play in?" And and you know the marginal qualities given the Ravens system that they can live with are probably a little bit less speed and a little bit less blocking ability because most of what they're trying to do is get somebody into a hole in in play action coverage and oftentimes against zone defense. Yeah, I mean, all you really need is a guy who can probably get a nice little seal block or just like, you know, maybe like get a nice little cut block and spring your running back into the second, third level. And like I said, it's not, it's not like we're, we're asking for that 
big inline blocker, like or like who's pretty much a sixth offensive lineman. You know, you really just need somebody that can probably pick up another block and you know pose at least a viable threat in the um, in the passing game more so than your fullback would. All right. Now, there's been a lot of other talk around around here anyway of people trying to get uh, Miles Boykin converted to tight end. I'm not really in favor of that, but I understand that, that his value is a blocker as well. Do you have anything to say about that? Um, I'm not a fan of that either. Um, uh, like it, it, it's it's funny when people say that because like uh, coming into the draft, Chase Clay, Chase Claypool, who you know we just saw caught a touchdown against the Ravens. People wanted him to kind of be like a tight end receiver hybrid, and as you can see, you know, there's there's no need for that. You know, he's the kind of guy that when you have a guy that's that athletic, you know, you you don't want to kind of almost limit him by playing tight end. You know, Darren Waller was a different was a different with a different. Uh, case for the Ravens because you know he he was you could tell if that guy put on some more weight he could be a dynamic tight end whereas Miles Boykin has shown you you know of given opportunity and and with, with giving some more time to you know kind of get into rhythm with Lamar he can be a viable receiver and so uh, the whole the putting putting weight on Miles Boykin and converting tight end I'm, I'm not on that boat okay me either all right any anything else any other player out there that you like at any of these positions you want to talk about before we Call it a show. Um, there yeah, I, there were two guys at that slot corner who I guess I, I mentioned some taller guys, but two um, actual guys who fit the slot corner mold would be a BW Webb, career journeyman. He's been he's been with a different team every year. He's been in the league, but he fits that slot corner uh, role. He's had a handful of starts under his belt, and then um, uh, Javen Elliott, he kind of fits that mold too. Under six feet, those two under six feet guys, um, with some starting experience in their belt. I think Javen Elliott spent most of his time with the Carolina Panthers before. I'm signing with the Bucks last year, and I think they're both free agents. They're both on the market, so um, you know if you if you don't feel, I mean, they're all indications from the Ravens have been they have the utmost faith in Bonds and Dorsey right now. They've earned opportunities, but at, at what point do you kind of like okay, ship's kind of sailing these guys. We need somebody with a little bit more experience to come in here and perform this job for us. Right. So yeah, that is, I think, that's uh, the decision at a couple of positions for the Ravens right now because obviously. It's it's not an issue anymore with Fluker playing right tackle, but there are a lot of people calling for Fluker to, say, play right guard. But when they have three young guys, I think one of the things they were trying to do is develop one of them because it'll solve a lot of their youth needs you know, as they grow into maturing into these second contract guys. They need to have some offsetting cheap positions covered, and right guard was one they could have possibly had. That may be a reason not to go after a player like B.W. Webb, and I'm not saying it isn't because I, you know, I'm for I'm for bringing in Brandon Carr, you know, for God's sake, you know, he'll be here for one year and that'll be it. And same thing probably for Webb, but in the case of having Bonds and uh, uh, Dorsey available, if one of them and now they're both, you know, the clock has started on both of them, but if you found out you had a player in either one of them due to this, you know, emergency situation right now, you'd really have something for next year. Yeah, and like I said, the Ravens always um give their in-house guys the first crack at it before they go and get some reinforcements. Um, I brought one of the other pieces I wrote about the bye week was about about benching uh, Tyree Phillips just because like you know how much do you want to give this guy a chance to develop until it becomes a detriment to your team and you're not really running as, as efficient of an offense as you can because you're not really clicking on cylinders. Now some of it is on Lamar, but another part of that that's boiled down to blocking. Yeah, I mean I agree. I I. I don't think Phillips, honestly, before he got hurt, was really any worse than any of the other options is what it really amounts to. So so they knew McCary hadn't played well already, and he certainly didn't play well against Pittsburgh after Phillips left. And then they have had powers for a long time. They haven't given him a shot. They've been letting McCary play ahead of him, 
who hasn't been playing well. So my question was, you know, who was really better? And maybe the answer was Fluker was better. But and honestly, uh, you know, there, there's something that is wrong with Powers or we would have seen him already get the real opportunity. Yeah, my piece that I wrote about it, I, it was, of course, before the Ronnie Stanley injury, that I was talking about Fluker possibly being the most likely candidate to replace uh, Phillips um, after mm-hmm. the bye week. You know, as we know, that's not going to be the case because now it's going to be a starting right tackle. Yep. All righty. Well, Josh, thanks for joining us here. Tell people where, you, where they can find your work. Well, you can find all my work at MarylandSportsBlog.com. Um, under the Ravens section, I cover any and all things Ravens. All right. Really good knowledge, obviously. And, and going through the trouble to go through all the practice squad possibilities out there on these, uh, on these various tight ends and, and the slot corners is terrific. We really appreciate you joining us, Josh. Uh, join us next week. Usual array of shows. We'll have the offensive, sorry, the defensive show on Monday, the, the offensive show, uh, uh, tapes on Tuesday night. It'll be available on Wednesday morning. We'll have the know your foe, uh, got a great guest, Mark Schofield for the Patriots. And that'll be done on Wednesday night, available on Thursday morning. So we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Nobody builds 5G. Like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.